You're listening to a Sun Life podcast. We pray that you will be blessed by the teaching of God's word. For more information, visit sunlife.org.au. Enjoy the sermon. Um, I was away last week. I was away like what last week, and um, you know, I just want to say, Simon, thank you so much, brother. That you know, in my my absence. Uh, oh yeah, by the way, when I'm not around. I'm not sleeping in, okay? So let me just make that very clear. I'm not taking a day off. I was in Adelaide last week doing some ministry. And uh, David, I mean, um, Simon, you, um, you taught us so well with such humility. Uh, yeah, give him a round of applause. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Yeah. Um, with such authenticity and, you know, that transparency and clarity in the practice of prayer. And people said to me was that they were so encouraged, and uh, someone even said, we need to hear more of Simon, and I'm like, amen, amen, so you're on next week? <laughs> um, yeah, so thank you so much, brother, we love you, I love you, we appreciate you, and thank you so much for just uh, your faithful service behind the pulpit, and we were all blessed by your teaching, so God bless you in your role as an elder here, as someone who oversees pastoral care, and so yeah, know that we I appreciate you so much. Uh, for those who don't know me, um, my name is Bin. I'm, I'm the pastor here. I, every time I look down, I'm always seeing new faces. I'm seeing new people. I just want to say this really from the bottom of my heart is that um, all I want to do is just help people follow Jesus better. That's it. It's not about bums and seats. It's not about who gathers here on a Sunday. It's all about how do I help you keep following the ways of Jesus, to become who Jesus would be if he were you. That's all I want to do. And if I can do my best to help facilitate that, that you keep trusting Jesus, keep following the ways of Jesus, keep doing the things of Jesus, then I know that God would really say, well done, my faithful servant. That's all I want to do. It's never been about how many people gather here on Sundays. It's never been about that. It's about you following Jesus. And I just encourage you to keep loving Jesus, keep hearing Jesus, keep doing the things of Jesus, keep having Jesus at the center of your walk. That is so important. Be Jesus to someone else who do not know Jesus. Um, so thank you for coming. Uh, I hope that you're encouraged with what God is doing here. And, and my prayer is that if this is ever a place that you would grow in the ways of Jesus, please find connection, find community, and get plugged in and follow Jesus with other people. It's a lot easier to follow Jesus with family and friends than by yourself. It's a lot, lot challenging. You know, is it me... Or is life just going by so quickly? Like, I, I recall <laughs> this time last week we were here worshiping the Lord, and it seems like that was yesterday. Do you know that we're already in March? Do you know that we're now in autumn, and four weeks from now it's going to be, what, Easter? And it's the school holidays, and we start term two, and sometimes we even question, where has the week gone? Is that right? It goes by so quickly and we find that because we're so busy, time tends to fly. Is that right? Any given week, there is work, yeah? there is study, there is parenting, there's getting the kids to school, there's catch up with friends, there are deadlines, and life can be a bit too hectic. And to make matters even worse, when we do find time to watch TV or YouTube or scroll on our social media feed, there's this constant pressure, right, to keep up with the culture of today. Because as we scroll and as we watch, we see the rich and famous, 
Yeah, on our social media feed, we see what they're wearing, where they're going, what they're eating and drinking, who are they with, and we find ourselves fall into the trap of accumulation and accomplishment. And so we feel that we need to accumulate more to be of some worth, yeah? We feel that we have to accomplish more to be of some worth, and in our minds that the solution, right, to accumulation and accomplishment is more work. So we work more and more and more, because if we work more, we can accomplish more, and if we work more, we can accumulate more. But is that what life is all about? See, the Apostle Paul, he once said this about life in Ephesians 5. He says this, verse 15 and 17. He says, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. The Apostle Paul seems to say there's a way of living. There's a way that is wise, and there's a way that is unwise, foolish. And I believe that if life is all about work, 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 we miss out the reason why God created us. And could it be true that Dallas Willard, when he once wrote this, is true. We were made by God, made for God, made to need God, and made to run on God. We can be satisfied only by the one who is infinite, eternal, and able to supply all our needs. We are only at home in God. So maybe in God's infinite wisdom, he offers us a gift so that we're not working, 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 but a gift to bring balance to an already hectic and chaotic life. And I believe that gift is the gift of the Sabbath. The Sabbath is what I want to teach on this day, a gift from God to us so that we do not fall into the trap of accumulation and accomplishment. Jesus once said this about the Sabbath in Mark 2, 27. He said, to them and to them here, the Pharisees, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. God made something for you and for me, a gift for humanity to flourish in this chaotic world. So as we continue our series on spiritual practice this morning here, together as a community, we're going to learn on the Sabbath. Three things I want to teach us this morning. What is the Sabbath? Why should I practice it? And where do I start? That's where we're going today as a community. Let me pray, and we're going to learn together. Let me pray. Father God, I thank you always that I get the chance to teach your word. Help me to never, ever take this moment for granted. Never take this lightly. And so, Holy Spirit, will you use me? Would you speak through me to your people? And would you challenge us to grow in our understanding of these beautiful practices to help us flourish in this world. Would you open our minds? Would you help us? Would you use me this moment right now? In Jesus' name I pray. Amen, amen. If you have your church app, this is a wonderful time to open up the church app because there are notes there and you can fill in the notes. And if you open up your phone and you're not using the church app, God knows. <laughs> so... What is the Sabbath? Now, for those who are believers, you, you may know what that is. For those who 
don't, it's not the rock band Black Sabbath, all right? Think about this, okay? It comes from the Hebrew word Shabbat. The Hebrew word Shabbat is where we get the word Sabbath, and it simply means to stop. To stop producing, to stop working, to stop worrying, to stop wanting, just stop. But the word Shabbat has a dual meaning. It also means to celebrate or to delight. So a lot of Christians, when we think of Sabbath, we think it means a day where we rest and don't work, which is half true, because the biblical meaning of Sabbath, Shabbat, has two edges. It's like the two sides of the one coin. It is to stop and to celebrate, or to stop and to delight. And we see that at the very beginning of Scripture in the creation account, where God, after six hard days of work, He stopped and He enjoyed, He celebrated, there was delight in His work. If you have your Bible, go with me to the very beginning, Genesis chapter 1, verse 31. This is after God made everything at the end of day six. He said, and God saw all that He had made and was very good. God stopped, He looked, He enjoyed, there was a delight in His creation. Dan Ellender, in his book Sabbath, he says this, the Sabbath is an invitation to enter delight. The Sabbath, when experienced as God's intended, is the best day of our lives. Without question or thought, it is the best day of the week. Do you know why it's the best day of the week? It's a day where we stop doing, stop worrying, stop producing, and we then delight in God. We taste and see that God is good. That's why it is your best day of the week. We stop and we begin to enjoy time with God. We enjoy God in creation. We enjoy the gift of family. We enjoy time with God's community. We enjoy time in the Word of God. We enjoy the presence of God through worship. We simply enjoy more of God. That's the biblical meaning to Sabbath. We stop and we start to delight and enjoy God. You know, for the Jewish people, what they would do is sunset on a Friday to sunset on a Saturday, 24 hours, they stopped working and they began to celebrate and delight in God. That was the rhythm for the Jewish people. And God, in His wisdom, He wanted that rhythm because He knew that if God's people just worked, worked, worked seven days a week, it does not end well. So God says, you work six days, you work hard, and on the seventh day, you stop and you rest, but you also find joy and you celebrate and you delight in creation. The late Tim Keller, who I love, he says this, we need to stop to enjoy God. Sometimes when it's always work, 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 study, 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 it's very hard to enjoy God. Let's be honest, when the week is so busy and there's so much going on, we do not have fine time to enjoy God. So Keller would say we need to stop to enjoy God, to enjoy His creation, to enjoy the fruits of our labor. The whole point of Sabbath is joy in what God has done. That's what the Sabbath is. Are you finding time to stop 
and start to enjoy God. That's the biblical meaning. So when anyone asks you, what is the Sabbath? It's the time in the week where I stop working, but I start enjoying. Amen? That's pretty straightforward. You got that? That's point one done. Point two gets a bit more complex. Here's point two. Why should I practice it? Let me give you three reasons why you should do it. Number one, listen carefully, because God did it. We see in the creation count that God, He worked hard for six days, and then He stopped and He enjoyed His work. And here's the thing. God did not stop and rest because He was tired. That's wrong. God is powerful. But why did God stop after six days? Because God was creating a model for you and I to understand, for us to flourish, we need to also find time to stop and enjoy our work in His creation. So because we are sons and daughters of God, He is Father, we are children, we are to be like God. And if God would do that, we should do that as well too. The Bible is very clear. We are called to be like God. He is Father, we are children. What He's doing, we want to do as well. Ephesians 5 says this, Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. If you are a child of God, you want to do what God is doing. And if God clearly worked hard for six days, and then He paused, and He rested, and He enjoyed and found delight in His work, you and I, we should do that as well. 1 Peter 1.16 says, It is written, You shall be holy. For what? For I am holy. God is holy. We should pursue holiness. This is the thing about the church today. Sometimes we love preaching on grace. We love preaching on love. We love preaching on forgiveness. Yes, they're so true. It's important. But we forget to preach on holiness. Flee sin. Repent from evil. And we are to be holy because He is holy. Therefore, who He is, we want to follow His lead. And if the Bible is very clear that He worked hard and then He stopped and rest and found joy in His creation, you and I ought to do that as well. That's the first reason. The second reason is because the Sabbath is actually good for us. It brings life in us. Let me show you this in the text. Go with me to Genesis chapter 1. Verses 21 and 22. Now, this is after day five. Listen carefully. God has created the animal kingdom. Let me read the Word of God. So God created the great creatures of the sea and every living things with which the water themes and it moves about it according to their kinds and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw it was good. Verse 22. God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and increase in number, and fill the water in the sea, and let the birds increase on the earth. So what did God do? He created animals, and he, he blessed them. And He said, now you are to what? Be fruitful and multiply. That's straightforward, right? Now look in verse 27 and 28. So God created mankind in His own image. So now He created humanity. In the image of God, He created them, male and female, He created them. Verse 28, He blessed them. And he said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Do you see that? So now he would bless humanity. Be fruitful, multiply. Now look now in Genesis 2. And on the seventh day, God has finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Now look in verse 3. Then God blessed the seventh day. 
and he made it holy because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. Did you catch that? Did you see that? After creating animals, what did he do? He blessed the animals. After he created humanity, what did he do? He blessed humanity. And then now he blesses 24 hours. He blesses a day. And that's pretty strange. Why would God bless animals, human, and then now 24 hours? And there's a reason why. Can you remember the last time you were blessed by someone? Someone came along and blessed you. How, how did you feel? I'm pretty sure, you know, there's joy and there's life, there's abundance, there's fullness. Is that right? I mean, last year, towards the end of last year, during Christmas time, I, I took my, my church staff and I wanted to bless them. I took them to the uh, Crown Epicurium All-You-Can-Eat Buffet. I'm a nice boss. I took them there and we just ate. I said, just eat, enjoy. I will cover this. And so we had a wonderful time. David just went a bit too crazy there. And we ate and we ate we ate. And as I went to pay for the entire table, there were 10 of us. The beautiful lady behind the counter smiled. And she said to me, um, it's all paid for, sir. There's someone uh, on the other side of the restaurant paid for your entire table. You don't have to pay anything. And I'm like, you know, you sun lifers, man. You guys are the best. So generous. And it happens to me all the time. Like every now and then I go to a restaurant and I go to pay for someone and, you know, I'm trying to do the good thing to, to pay for someone and then I go to the counter and it's all paid for by you guys. Keep it up. <laughs> I'm going to be at the uh, Nubu Japanese restaurant for lunch. <laughs> you know, I, I, I walked away with Simon, right? We looked at each other and we were like, you're kidding me. That's close to a thousand bucks. And we were so blessed, and we were on top of the world. We were energized. There was life. There was a bounce in our step because we were blessed. And here's the reason why God would bless a day. Because I believe that when God blessed the animals and humans, God knew that animals and humans have the capacity to produce life, to give life. Therefore, I believe that when God blessed a day, God was saying, on this day, if you use it well, it will produce life. It will give you abundant life. It's a gift for you so that you live the life that I want you to live. It is good for you. And that's why he blessed a day. You see, J.C. Ryle, a great Anglican bishop from the 19th century, he says this, The Sabbath is God's merciful appointment for the common benefit of all mankind. It is not a yoke, but a blessing. It is not a burden, but a mercy. Above all, it is good for souls. That's the reason why we should take it on board, because it's good for our soul. It gives us abundant life. Number three, this is important, it sets us free. It sets us free. You know, the Sabbath, right, is mentioned in Genesis, but it's also mentioned in what? The Ten Commandments. Do you know that? In the Ten Commandments. So if we go to the Ten Commandments in Deuteronomy 5, I want to show you something. Look in verse 12 onwards. Moses says, Observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy, as the Lord your God has commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, 
but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son nor daughter, nor your male or female servant. You notice that, right? Now look in verse 15. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt and that the Lord your God brought you out there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. You notice that? You notice what's going on there? Moses ties the Sabbath with Israel's history in Egypt. He does that. Because you remember, Israel, they were slaves in Egypt. Is that right? He says, you were slaves. Don't forget that. And I brought you out with my arms stretched. So remember the Sabbath. So there's this connection of freedom from slavery through the practice of Sabbath. You see, when God's people were in Egypt, they were slaves. And slaves don't get a free day. Slaves have to work all the time. Slaves don't get a Sabbath. Slaves would work, 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 work. So when they were in Egypt, they were slaves. And friends, listen carefully. Egypt still exists today. It's still alive and well today. For some of us, if we are not careful, we are slaves to work. We are still working, 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 working. And work becomes our master. I bumped into someone just recently who is no longer coming to Sun Life Church. And we had a little chat, and the person apologized and said, well, Pastor, uh, I'm so sorry I haven't been at church because I've worked three jobs. And I said, wow. You know, I work around 65 hours a week. Wow. It's a lot of hours. And sometimes if we're not careful, we are enslaved to work. And Egypt is still there. We just work work, work. In fact, one of my close pastor friends found out that I was studying on the Sabbath and he sent a message and he kind of sent some emojis with someone laughing and said, well, you've got to preach to yourself first. So true. So true. Because God really spoke to me that sometimes I justify my work. I go, God, well, because I'm working for you, so I can work how many hours a week? And I think that's a, a trap. I think that's slavery to work. And I think for a lot of us here, if we are not careful, we can be trapped in Egypt, right here in Perth. That it's work, work, work. But in the Sabbath, we say, no, I'm not a slave to work. No, I refuse. I'm going to stop and I'm going to trust God. I'm going to say, God, I need you to help me on this day. I refuse to work. And I encourage you right now, if any one of you here, without being condemning, if you feel that you're a slave to work and you're just working and working because you feel that if you don't work, you're going to struggle and you can't pay for this and you can't pay for that or you cannot achieve what you want to achieve or you cannot go where you want to go, I want to challenge you that you can learn to say no. I refuse to be a slave to work and I'm going to stop and I'm going to trust God and you can help me, Lord. That's why we do it because we want to break the cycle of slavery to work. Three reasons. One, because God did it. Two, because it's good for us. And three, it sets us free from the slavery of work. Now, before I move on to how we do this, let me just say something. Very important to listen up. 
The Sabbath, like all the Old Testament laws, are ultimately fulfilled in Jesus. Is that right? All the laws of the Old Testament points towards Jesus. So the Sabbath rest that we see in the Old Testament points to the ultimate rest we find in Jesus. Now, let me explain this. In Matthew 5, 17, Jesus says this, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. Okay? So Jesus says, I've come, and all the laws, you don't have to follow them. And then he says this about rest in Matthew 11. He says this, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. You see that? So what Jesus is saying is this, the Sabbath of the Old Testament points to me, and in me, you can get that rest. So in other words, the Sabbath is a shadow, and Jesus is the substance. So Jesus says, me coming means that you don't have to keep the Sabbath. Now look what Paul would say, the Apostle Paul in Colossians 2. He says, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink or with regard to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. These are a shadow of the things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. Do you understand that now? So what Paul is saying, all the laws of the Old Testament, they're all a shadow. Jesus is the substance. So technically, you don't have to practice a Sabbath because Jesus is here. He has come. But look what Paul says in Romans 14.5. One person considers one day more sacred than another. The sacred is the holy day, which is the Sabbath. Another considers every day alike. Every day is the same. Each of them should be fully convinced in their own mind. What's going on here? You see, Paul says, for some people, like my seven-day Adventist friends, who really says you've got to practice the Sabbath. You've got to do it. And Paul says, wait a minute. Some people think it's a holy day. Some people think all the days are the same. Whatever it is, you have to be convinced in your own mind. In other words, he says this, the sake of Christian love and freedom, keep it to yourself. So now listen carefully. Theologically and biblically, you can say this, well, Ben, thank you for your message. But I have found my rest in Jesus. Therefore, in His coming, He's fulfilled all the laws. I don't have to keep the Sabbath. It's true. You can justify that. If you came to me after and said, Pastor, I really enjoyed your talk on the Sabbath, but I know that the Sabbath is an Old Testament requirement. It's a substance. Jesus, uh, sorry, it's a shadow. Jesus is the substance in Christ. I am restful and I'm secure. I don't have to keep the Sabbath, so I'll just work. You are 100% correct, and I'm not going to argue against you. Because theologically, that is correct. It's so true. But can I just say this? That just because theologically it is true, look at what God is doing in Scripture. He calls us to imitate Him. He calls us to rest. He calls us to slow down. He calls us to find time to delight in Him. So I stand here before you, teaching this, 
and saying, you don't have to practice it. It's up to you. But if your life is full on, go, 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 and you are not finding rest, and you're not finding time to enjoy God, I want you to consider to find time to stop and enjoy Him. Now, if you keep the Sabbath, it doesn't mean that God will love you more. If you don't keep the Sabbath, it doesn't mean that God will love you less. Do you understand that? His love for you is complete. It is perfect. It's unconditional. Do you understand that? So right now, I want to say this, that it is up to you if you want to keep it. Because theologically, you can justify yourself that you don't have to keep it. But if your life is a bit too hectic and you're not finding the joy, then maybe God is using me this morning to say, well, stop thinking with my head, but what is my heart saying? I need to slow down. So how do we slow down? Let me give you four things to consider. Where do I start? Here we go. Number one, stop. Simply stop. Find one day during the week and stop working. 24 hours if you can. All right? For most of us here, right, we don't work on the weekend. So the weekend is the best time to find a day to stop. If you work on the weekend, then try to find time during the week to stop. If you can find 24 hours, great. If you can't because of work, maybe two half days. Whatever it is, try to find one full day to stop working. Maybe, for a lot of us here, we stop working maybe Saturday afternoon. And we enjoy Saturday evening. We come to worship here and we enjoy the rest of Sunday, and then we can start working again on Sunday afternoon. The question we must ask ourselves is this, is this stopping what I usually do? All right, so whatever you usually do, stop it. If you're a counsellor, listen, you're a counsellor, right, and you're counselling people throughout the whole week, and on your Sabbath, you're spending time with your friends over a coffee, and you're counselling your friends, that's, I don't think that fits into the practice of Sabbath. Does that make sense? So you've got to stop doing what you would normally do. So think about it, okay? Now, for me, as a pastor, I'm always with people, loving people, opening up the Bible, praying for people. On my Sabbath, I try not to be doing that with other people, okay? So that's the first thing. Cease doing what you would normally do. Try to find 24 hours. Maybe... Saturday afternoon to Sunday afternoon. Try that. And just don't do what you normally do. Number two, rest. Rest, right? So think of activities that brings you rest. That could be sleeping more, napping more, read a book. You rest when maybe you enjoy a nice coffee or a tea. Eat a long brunch. Ask yourself this question, what activity will replenish me? All right? So for the extroverts, for you extroverts out there, you're refreshed when you're with people. You, you, you get energized when you're with people. Great. Go and play some sports with some people. Hike with some friends. Enjoy hobbies with others. Do it, because that's going to replenish your soul. That's going to give you rest. Now, for the introverts out there, the introverts... Well, spending time with people just kills you, right? Right? Well, spend time alone. Find time to be in solitude. Quietness. 
personal reflection. But don't spend the whole 24 hours alone because that's not wise. All right? But here's the key. Do not feel guilty with how you engage in replenishing your soul. Don't think that, oh, well, Sabbath has to be me praying for 24 hours. No. No. It's whatever that gives you rest. And whatever gives you rest will be different to someone else. So don't feel the pressure to go, oh, it's got to be like this. No. Look at your personality. If your resting is sleeping, sleep. Seriously. If your resting is to, I don't know, to be on top of the house doing something, do that. But ask yourself the question, is it giving me rest? Number three, delight. Delight. This is important. Tim Keller says this, because the world is full of ugly things, we need the Sabbath to feed our souls with beauty. You know, God's creation is beautiful. Remember, it's a time where we celebrate our life with God in His world. Now, ask yourself this question, what gives me the most joy and delight? Again, everyone's different. If you like nature, go for a walk, go to the park, go for a swim, go fishing by the Swan River, watch the sunset along the Indian Ocean, if you like nature. If you can't stand nature, don't go there. Oh, spider, oh, snakes, don't go there. If you're a foodie and you love food, well, go and enjoy some nice food. Bless yourself. Spend some money. Go to a cafe and smell the nice coffee aroma and buy yourself your nice flat white decaf almond milk, whatever. Just enjoy time around food. If you love reading, that brings delight. Go to the library. Read a book. Just read. Whatever you find delight in God's creation, you are to pursue that. And lastly, worship. Because it's a holy day. And it must be centered around a holy God. So remember, listen carefully. Sabbath is not taking time away from God. It's taking time to be with God to be more with God. It's an invitation to taste and see that God is good. That's why I say that for a lot of Christians, Sunday is the best Sabbath day. You slow down on Saturday, maybe Saturday night. You ask yourself, what do I really enjoy doing? You might get some friends over and you eat together and you celebrate. Whatever it is, it's different. But it's a day where you're intentionally not working you're slowing down, you're stopping, and you're finding delight in God. And we gather here as God's people to worship Him, to hear Him through His Word, to remind ourselves that we worship a God who invites us into rest. We reflect on His goodness as we pray, as we read Scripture, as we sing songs to Him. Make sure you worship God. Ask yourself this question here. Does this activity connect me more deeply with God. Do that. And I guarantee you, as you slow down and stop and delight in God, you will taste and see that He's a good God. And you will say, no, I'm not going to fall into the trap of this world where I have to work and work and work. And my identity is not based on what I accumulate or what I achieve. 
I'm not living to work. No way. I'm living for God. And I refused to fall into the trap. So I'm going to set aside one day to stop doing and start delighting in God. That's a Sabbath. And I believe that is a word for some of you. That we don't have to justify the fact that, oh, because we're serving the Lord and we have to work the extra day, or because I need this so that I have to work more, we can refuse to fall into that trap and say, no. God, you, you're more important. I'm going to stop doing and start delighting. So Sun Life Church, that's a framework to help you start your Sabbath. Take time to figure out when would that be during your week. Maybe it is starting this coming week. And may God bless you as you taste and see that He is good. Amen? Amen. Let me pray for you. Let me pray for you. Lord, thank you for just reminding us the importance of being with you. And I just pray for anyone here this morning. In fact, I want to just pray for you right now. So I'm not going to invite you to come forward, but I'm going to pray just for anyone here this morning that as you look at your life, you'd realize it's just so much work, so much study, so much doing things, and you're not remembering God. And as God has spoken to you through this word, that you need to slow down, you need to be intentional and find rest and enjoy Him more. If that is you this morning, I want to pray for you. I really want to pray for you. So all I want now is just to have you raise your hand so I know who I'm praying for. I want to pray that God will just really work in you, that you will take that confidence to set time aside. Yes, thank you. I see your hand. Thank you. So good. So good. Anyone else? So good. Yeah, that's right. We're a church where we can be honest and, you know, transparent and vulnerable and say, hey, you know what? None of us here is perfect. And I put my hand up as well because I've fallen through that trap as well. And I justify why I work. But God has spoken to me and said, hey, Ben, you also need to stop and find delight in me. Anyone else before I pray? Lord, I thank you so much for the beautiful people who've raised their hand and says, look, God, I need to slow down. I need to find time to enjoy you. I need to celebrate the life that I have, enjoy creation, enjoy time with my family and friends. Work has gotten the better of me. I feel that I'm enslaved to work. I pray that you break the bondage of work and study and they learn to slow down and stop and say, God, I want to delight in you. So Lord, I pray for all my fellow brothers and sisters who admit that maybe life has gotten the better of them and they're just doing too much. And on this day, the 3rd of March, they want to slow down and say, God, I'm going to be intentional and set time aside every week just to slow down and stop working and do the things that gives me life to bring life to my soul, to realize how good you are. So Lord, I pray for all my brothers and sisters who make that commitment on this day that they're going to find time, regular time every week to stop and start delighting in you. Thank you so much, God, for just what you're doing in our church. And we pray that during the course of this year, we just keep falling in love with you over and over again and see your beauty, your majesty, 
that we can taste and see that you are so good. Bless us as a community as we keep following you, every one of us. In Jesus' name we pray.